Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Poor Man's Podcast Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP. JP, I try to I try to step it up, but I couldn't remember how enthusiastic I did it last week, so I didn't want to go too far ahead. But it is always a pleasure to speak with you, especially about NFL football. So, how goes it this week? Uh, off of victory, always an exciting week. Happy to get back in the swing of things and. Uh, I just love the epic introductions. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Absolutely. Keep them <laughs> coming. Hopefully like Steelers W's, right? Against, uh, I don't know, kind of an unimpressive Tennessee Titan team, right? Yeah, like I said, I think they were both last two in touchdowns heading into the week. So, I mean, I think the under hit, like I said, I said the only thing to bet is the under in this one. Yeah, uh, that's. I feel like that's safe for most Steeler games, and especially, like, historically from the last couple of years, I feel like Titans are always, like, they, they win the close game at the end. And, uh, well, that seems to be what Kenny Pickett and the Steelers do specifically uh, this year to get some wins. Uh, when it doesn't rely solely on the defenses, the, the late-minute heroics, and uh, they pulled away with the W with, against Tennessee, which they should have, I think. Yeah, I agree. The Steelers are now, like, they're they're beating the teams they should beat, <clears throat> and they're struggling against the teams that you expect them to struggle against. Um, and, you know, I, I like them this week against Green Bay, um, but then again, I feel like Green Bay is just kind of on that same tier level as the Titans and some of the other teams that, that the Steelers have beaten, you know, like the Rams and Raiders, you know, it seems like these are like lower tier teams they're beaten. I, I keep thinking like, just cause the eye test, we see the Steelers every week and we've seen the Steelers from the last, you know, decades or even longer for some of the people who are listening and watching and just the eye test, like, you know, when a team is good or not, it, there's so many mediocre teams. And I guess maybe that's what it wants because the NFL wants, because there's more, um, cities and more um, teams that are more interested in the playoffs and longer. And, you know, it's probably good for uh, watching and revenue and jerseys and what have you. It It's just, I feel like years ago there were like the good teams. And if you made the playoffs, you deserve to make the playoffs. And now it's almost like not NHL or NBA ish where over half the teams make it, but it's like getting close to where it's like almost teams that don't deserve to make it or making it. And it feels like the Steelers are right in that pack of mediocrity. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, adding the playoff team was genius because I think the um, bye week for the one seed is just brilliant. You get teams competing to the very last week. And that's important and, for fantasy, too. Yeah, yeah, for a lot of fantasy owners, too. You get yeah your best guys playing to the very last week to get that one seed, which is so crucial in today's NFL. Um, like you said, it's almost like a participation trophy to get in the playoffs if you have it's almost like the pro bowl anymore remember like the pro bowl used to met the best of the best one now it's like whoever feels like going yeah i heard just today actually i think it was yeah colin cowherd reviewed kind of like how jordan is viewed more like 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 more people idolize him and consider him better than lebron just because like he played in an era where like 
guys wanted to be in the dunk contest. Guys wanted to be on Sports Center and be playing the All Star games. It was almost like there's, you know, they played 82 games back in those days. These guys are taking nights off, and I feel like you know, taken away from like the Pro Bowl or the All Star games or these events like that. You're seeing guys like like Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl last year. He wasn't even a starter in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like it's ridiculous. I I guess it goes back to just all the money tied up into it. You're not going to see quarterbacks. You know, if Josh Allen has a has a you know a shoulder that's a little sore and he's not playing in the Super Bowl, who knows if he's even going to the Pro Bowl? The Pro Bowl is really uh, the best of the people who feel like showing up. Right. Exactly. And and like you said, Huntley was the 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 quarterback, one of the quarterbacks for the AFC North. Is he even one of the top five? Right, like it's hard to argue. I mean, they had Jacoby Brissett in Cleveland last year too. I feel like he was putting up better numbers. That's what I'm saying. If you if you listed all the quarterbacks in the AFC North, Huntley is. I mean. I mean, there's four start starters yeah, or better. Yeah, and, uh, you you I would mean, say he that might at, be fifth. He's fifth at best in right, his division. Right, and it's just because c- of a starter. And I, I, he did well with. Uh, and people are going to be like, "Well, he, uh, I'd take him over Kenny Pickett," kind of thing. Um, I I don't know. Backups are backups more often <laughs> than not. Yeah, exactly. But speaking of backups, Will Levis, I tell you, I think he's going to be. Um, He's going to be an efficient uh, ball player in this league, I think. I don't see him as a, uh, like, I don't see him making deep playoff runs or pro bowls necessarily, but I think that they found themselves a franchise quarterback here for at least three or four years to give it a stab at. Yeah, it, it feels like it. And I, I don't even remember the last time the Titans felt like they were like, I have a quarterback going into the future. Like, even when they had Tannehill, he was already, like, with the Dolphins for – a contract and a first round pick that didn't really pan out to be the the hype that they, they brought him in to be. Um, he, he's a he's a decent starter. I think Levis is going to be better than him. I think there's a higher upside. But Tennessee's another one of those teams, almost like Chicago, in the sense that I feel like they haven't had a quarterback in forever who's really intimidated you. Maybe Steve McNair, maybe Vince Young for a year. Yeah, and they're building that culture, you know, defensive coach. Rayball I like and Derrick Henry I like, but it's just run the football. A lot of like old school ways of playing football, like the Bears you see with Tennessee as well. Um Tannehill to me was just like a bridge guy who they decided to go in with for about three or four years just because, you know, they were actually making play playoff runs, but you know, no one really looked at them as a legit threat. It was just kind of like Derrick Henry controls the clock and everything runs through him. They gave Kansas City a shot in the AFC title game a few years back, but like no one ever thought they were really going to go toe-to-toe as a legit contender. Yeah, I kind of feel like that was probably the biggest they were going to be. They almost remind me of Detroit in the way maybe it's like the former player-coach kind of thing and just like hard-nosed football. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what Levis does. Uh, he, what, he had four touchdowns the game before the Steeler game, right? Yeah, he played Atlanta definitely much, um, not quite the caliber defense Pittsburgh has. But, uh, I mean, even though he didn't have any touchdowns this week, I think he played relatively cleanly. He was pressured on nearly half his dropbacks, and he didn't seem to uh, panic much. But, you know, Steelers have a, uh, I would consider champion caliber defense. Offense definitely not there yet. But putting that pressure 
on a consistent basis and with the way he's able to read the field, I think they found themselves a guy here. Well, I guess we will find out and time will tell. Uh, JP, any other uh, takeaways from the Tennessee game? Sure, yeah, I think. um, Or your biggest takeaways. Give us a couple then. Sure, biggest takeaways for me was, to be honest, I thought Canada and Tomlin working together on the sideline was beneficial for the team. And I think they called a pretty good game. And I think Pickett was just, like, they were scheming guys open and Pickett just missed guys. There was Pickens on the drag route early. Deontay Johnson had a hook route that he overthrew. And uh, Calvin Austin on a deep ball, he he missed wide open. I, I don't know if that's just a lack of natural arm talent or or it was just the pressure in his face. But like at this level, you got to find a way to play comfortably in those situations and make the necessary throws. But most importantly, I think his biggest miss was the uh, shot he took in the end zone to Allen Robinson, where he just underthrew the defense or underthrew the ball. If he goes to the back of the end zone, it's an easy lob touchdown. And he also missed Connor Hayward wide open on it as well. Um, so, like, when you watch the film, there's opportunities. I think Pickett is just missing. And um, I think Canada being on the sideline was the right call because he can give him that instant feedback. Offense definitely not, you know, top caliber by any means. But, I mean, I, I don't think that one was on Canada or Tomlin. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm all about the Canada bashing, and I really don't think he's a good offensive coordinator in general, but I really think he's kind of, the scapegoat for a lot of things. Uh, poor offensive line play. I like lesser offensive line play. I thought with the way the the line played at the end of last season, there was more to expect. I thought the way that Pickett played at the end of last season and in the preseason, there was more to expect. I'm kind of of the opinion anymore that Pickett probably isn't the answer. I'd I'd like I really do. I I I'm rooting for him. I'd like to see him. I like him as a person. Um that doesn't win football games, unfortunately. More often than not, nice guys don't win the football games. Um, but uh, I I don't know that Matt Canada is really the problem as much as when you're seeing Kenny throwing it before he needs to or the constant pressure. I've, you watch these other games and you're like, oh, my God, that's what an offensive line or a team that passes the ball looks like. You see some of these other teams and then you see the Steelers and you're like, they're just... I don't know if it's a lack of talent, a lack of execution, a lack of play, but their offense just ain't it. To me, it's it's a combination of the coaching. Um, I don't like Canada either. I think a lot of his criticisms are justifiable. Tomlin's, you know, he's a defensive coach. It's tough on defensive coaches in today's NFL. And uh, the quarterback play, I think, is the number one reason. I don't think Canada's the number one reason. Um Kenny Pickett, just like the standard of what we hold these young quarterbacks to today, he's not up to that standard whatsoever. Like early in Mahomes and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and Lamar, you saw, you know, moments of greatness. Pickett's thrown two touchdowns once in a game. Um, and now look at these young guys that came up too. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts has already been to a Super Bowl. Um, CJ Stroud looks like the real deal. And even other guys like, like Jordan loves not running for his life. I don't think that he's going to be a franchise guy any means, but you know, he's not panicking. Um, Will Levis looks like he's 
you know, like I said, he didn't panic this week despite being pressured. Do you think? And, do you think mm-hmm. Pickett is panicking because of that's who he is? That's his time clock in his head. That's just how he is. And if so, can that be coached out, or do you think it's the offensive line and he's just reacting? I feel like a lot of it is just like he runs into sacks or yeah. he just underthrows a ball because he wants to get it out too quickly. Is it a lack um, of confidence or a lack of confidence in his teammates, or what do you think? I think he, he he he's panicking, and it's probably I would say it's due to him. I don't. I think yeah. the Steelers have a talented team, to be honest. Um, and I put a lot of it on coaching in Pickett himself. I mean, George Pickens this week, two catches, negative one yard. Yeah. Him, like they got decent. Najee and Warren combined for six carries this past week for over ten plus yards. Um, you know, like these guys, I think are efficient. They need a quarterback to help elevate them. That's the thing, Pickett. We're giving him guys who can help elevate a quarterback, and he's still not playing at that high enough level. Like, look at like C.J. Shroud's receivers. No one was talking about Tank Dell or Nico Collins as legit threats. Offensive line was, you know, in shambles. They're fixing it, but look at what we have. Like, this should be better with a uh, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and these backs and. Broderick Jones plays well at tackle when he's in there. I feel like their offensive line gets a lot more bashing than it deserves, to be honest. And I think that more of it's on Pickett. Do you think Pickett gets basically a pass or a longer leash than most because he went to Pitt? He's that guy that people want. Because I feel like if he went to Clemson or if he went to USC, people would blame him more or at least give equal share to him in Canada. Like if that was Mason... I don't remember hearing Matt Canada as much when Mason Rudolph was was playing. I don't remember them talking about the offensive coordinator when the backups come in. But when Pickett comes in, it's suddenly the offensive coordinator. And I know there is something to it, but it's it's a little bit of A and a little bit of B. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I think that, you know, I like that Pickett hangs in the – he takes the hits. There's a toughness to him. And I like, you know, he's the local guy from Pitt. But at the same time, to me, it's these Ginzers that just want to defend him no matter what, like you're saying. Um, and strictly because he went to Pitt, he's the local guy. And they just don't want to hold him accountable the same way it's easy to blame, you know, Matt Canada. And I, I agree Matt Canada is far from a legit coordinator. I don't think he should have gotten the job in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, right, but at the same time, like, no one put any blame on Pickett this past week. And there were opportunities for these receivers where he just missed them over and over again. And uh, to Mason Rudolph's credit, he has more career touchdown passes than Kenny Pickett, believe it or not. Yeah. Still to this day. <laughs> we, yeah. You heard CJ Stroud just passed them this week. And no one's like, I heard that a few times, but no one's even talking about the fact that, uh, um, yeah, um, Mason Rudolph. Sorry, I forgot his name. It's very forgettable. Um, Mason Rudolph still has more touchdown passes and fewer games than Kenny Pickett. It's just, it, it's just this constant need to defend a quarterback who's just not that good and it's the most important position in the game. And um, yeah, it's. Just, I mean, he Pickens did miss a touchdown this week. Um, he, he caught the ball in the end zone and needs to get that second foot in bounds. If you remember that one, there's plenty of room to yeah. drag the foot and he just doesn't make the play. 
But at the same time there, man, like, I know it would make his numbers look better if he executes there, but, and, and that one was on Pickens. But even with it, I mean, one multi-touchdown passing game in your career at the, in the 2023 season of the NFL season is not going to win you football games. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I don't know. It's it's not what we're used to seeing, I think, here. Maybe we're spoiled from seeing Roethlisberger for a decade and a half. But, uh, yeah, I, I think there is definitely some blame to be thrown at the quarterback. And it's not he's not a rookie, and I feel like he gets coddled a little bit, like I said, because people want him to do well, and he's kind of a hometown guy because he went to Pitt. I agree. And uh, to his credit, though, I don't think Canada or Tomlin are necessarily quarterback gurus. They're not going to elevate the quarterback. But I also feel like Pickett's not a guy that's good enough to overcome dysfunction. And, you know, the Steelers aren't a dysfunctional organization, but some the way they run their offense and don't adapt is dysfunctional to a degree. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Kind of uh, stuck in the past. So, um, Right. But in, the, the, in, in good news, um, Steelers, uh, I'm telling you, I think they found I was wrong. I criticized the pick to a more, not as Yinzer friendly as the guys Kenny Pickett, but a, a Yinzerish pick. Joey Porter Jr. I'm telling you is playing much better than I expected. Yeah, he's he's a decent cover guy. I know they a lot of people in in the media and stuff will complain about his tackling, which okay, but I mean, how many corners are really if you're relying on your corners to make every tackle? It's bad news, and I'd rather have a corner that can cover a tackle second than. Uh, tackling first that can't cover or you could have Levi Wallace that just doesn't do anything <laughs> right I agree Porter's outside of Minka he's our best D back right now and or yeah eight career games um he took he wanted to take Hopkins on and he took him out this week he lined up on him on 72 over 72 percent of his snaps it was 26 out of 36 snaps ran according to next gen stats and um he only allowed one catch for 17 yards on five targets and uh, 20 out of 26 of those snaps. He played press coverage, which was his thing out of college. I said, I believe if he can get you at the line of scrimmage, he's going to be a much more efficient um, corner that way rather than playing off coverage. And um, I know D hops, not what he used to be, but he came off a three touchdown game. He was, he's Tennessee's unquestioned number one wide out and Porter hung in there with him. I mean, Outside of the opening drive where they allowed 40 yards worth of opening drive penalties, which is pathetic and on coaching, and it was so stupid. But outside of that, they really held them in the passing game. I really feel like they kept them in check. Yeah. And uh, kind of like we were saying, um, geez, I can't even remember. It was it was with Porter. But um, – He's he's definitely hanging in there better than I expected. He's one of the bright spots, I think, on the defense. Something to, uh, I guess, hang your hat on with, uh, with the the coverage. The defensive backs right. have been suspect at best. Minka has been solid, but he hasn't been in the whole time. And uh, Minka's uh, great. I, I, when I, you don't have to babysit. He's been babysitting too much this year. Yeah, he he's one of those guys, and it, and it sucks when you play with. It's like if you can play and play your position and focus on your thing, it's good. But when you have to worry about, okay, I have this man, but do I need to shade to Levi's side? Do I need to shave because KZ is going to play up or some shit? 
when you have to worry about everybody else, it, it definitely takes something out. Or if you have to worry, like, Minka shouldn't be playing up in the box, you know, leading the team in tackles. Right, and it's not always that he's in the box. A lot of it's guys are breaking free, and he's the one that has to step up and make the hit. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully he can come back from injury. I mean, they lost Cole Holcomb for the season, too. I think that's a bigger deal than people. Yeah, that was him. nasty. Yeah, disgusting. And, um, I mean, Cam Hayward came back. That's a green light. But, I mean, Steelers have been banged up throughout the year, and they still have a winning record. They're actually the first team through eight games to be outgained in every single game and have a winning record. They are so, like, hard to explain because they shouldn't. They shouldn't have a winning record, really, with if you look at some of the – especially the Cleveland game. If you look at some of these, and I feel like it's going to hurt them in the long run because it's like, yeah, we did everything wrong, but it ended up in a win, and because it ended up as a win, the ends justify the means, so we'll just continue with what we're doing. Right, and there's, it's just, like, no accountability, too, and it's, like, every – it just makes no sense. Like they're winning, but they haven't outplayed a single opponent. Yeah, <laughs> they just find random ways to win. It's like someone just makes a mistake on the other team, and it's not even like they. It's like the other team will fumble a snap in the red zone, and the Steelers will recover. They are. They're and then like they score that way. They're like the most boring defensive boxer of all time. That looks like he just gets like knocked out, or not knocked out, but gets knocked down. And it looks like he's against the ropes, but because technically he had more body punches and more percentage hit, he ended up right. winning by decision. The Steelers have won every single game by decision. It hasn't been yeah. a knockout. Yeah, they have no way of um, you know blowing a team out. They can get blown out, or they can win tight games that's the only way they can win no explosiveness whatsoever and uh it's not efficient going forward but having said it i like their chances against green bay i think uh i think the defense is going to put a lot of pressure on jordan love packers call a very conservative gameplay like if you think we're afraid to unleash Pickett, they're even more afraid of jordan love um they have a, a good young very underrated defense but I'm, I'm expecting another low-scoring game here, and uh, I think Pittsburgh will pull it out. I'm going to say like tw- twenty to seventeen. I think Pittsburgh pulls it out. Over unders at thirty-eight and a half. I would take the under. Is Matt Lafleur a good coach? I, I well, he's a great coach for a great quarterback, and it's amazing how that works. Obviously, <laughs> we see the record where he's at today. Um, I, I think he's a good he's a good play designer. And has a good feel for offensive um, scheming. But I feel like Jordan Love's not the guy. They have some pieces there. Some good young receivers not living up to their full potential because the quarterback play at the moment. I think you find him a quarterback and see what he can do from there. You're not sold on Jordan Love? No. I, I feel like, I mean, Utah State, there are questions coming out draft day. There's a reason they wanted to, like, like, no wow plays ever came out of training camp. And, like, even Pickens, like, we saw the catches he was making. When guys want their guys to be showcased if they can, nothing was ever, like, released to the public on this guy. Yeah. What? Are, uh, okay, so you're thinking a Steelers victory. Anything else you're expecting from the Packers? What, what did the Steelers need to do to win that game? And what do you think will hurt them? I guess the same as normal, but anything specific? Uh, particular stick out to you this week i think that like i said they can get some pressure up front alex highsmith tj watt came hayward's back 
they're going to have to put pressure on Love and make him to force re- make reads quicker than he anticipates. And um, Jordan Love, to me, is just going to have to find ways to feel comfortable in the pocket. Many ways we saw Will Levis do. I think he's going to panic, and he's it's going to lead to inconsistent throws. And I think they get a couple turnovers off him this week. I think Pickett's going to have to play cleanly like he did this past week. No turnovers. Stick to... I mean, Deontay Johnson's their best playmaker. I wonder if Jar Alexander blankets him. Find a way to get the ball to George Pickens. We know he's pissed off. we, we got to get him involved. I, I don't like his actions this week with how he handled his business going on social media and running off the field and pouting after Johnson took the go-ahead touchdown. I think you got to be a team guy in that situation, but I also understand his frustrations. So let, let's get this guy involved. He has, you know, all the potential in the world. You got to just, you know, find ways to get him the ball on on the fade route or whatever it is, and find ways to run the ball efficiently. You don't need to be dominant on the ground, but make sure you're just not taking, making first and tens into second and tens because they're just stupid, you know, halfback dives that are running into the backside of the offensive line. You got to find ways to move forward in the run game and get the ball to. I think George Pickens, wherever Alexander is, you know, find find other guys to get the ball away from him. And, uh, you know, like I said, just make Jordan Love uncomfortable. I think that's the way they they find the way to do it. Well, that seems to be probably the way they're going to win most games is trying to get at the other team quarterback, try to get a a strip sack, force fumble, interception, or something like that. Big plays, splash plays, and then rely on Bosworth to hopefully score 15 points and hopefully you accidentally score a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, I, I think uh, they have a way here to beat the bad teams and struggle against the good teams. So Green Bay being what they are, I think Pittsburgh finds a way to pull it out. You know, like I said, they're kind of a lower tier team they should beat. So I feel relatively confident about it. Anything else you want to talk on with uh, Pittsburgh or do you want to get into your picks? Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think I'm re- ready for the picks. Like I said, I think they stick to the script I gave them. Hopefully they uh, can hang on and do it. I think, like I said, Green Bay, lower tier. And uh, they're like too good to get the one, pick, the number one pick in the draft. And uh, not good enough to hang in there. I think Pittsburgh wins it. All right, let's get to your picks. Now, as we were saying last week, we always look forward to Thursday Night Football, which is always the worst game of the week, essentially. This week, no different. We have Carolina and Chicago. That one is pretty rough, but I do see uh, on NFL Network on Sunday at 9.30 a.m., they must be doing another Europe game because they have Indianapolis at New England. I feel like some of these games in Europe, like last week they had, what, the Dolphins and Chiefs? Mm-hmm. That's and then they have Jacksonville every other time it seems like. Yeah, and then they have Indianapolis and New England. I'm telling you, you're getting some range in the talent. <laughs> yeah, and um, I misspoke last week. I thought they were still in London. But I guess they went to Germany. Um, do you know? I, I don't know where they are this week. I I would guess they're back in London. Um, I feel like New England plays in in London a lot. I thought they were doing one Germany, a couple London, and one somewhere else, but. I'll, I'll click on it and let you see what you think, and I'll see uh, – or you tell us our picks, and I'll, I'll do some investigation. Sure. All right, speaking of Thursday night, I'm actually going to take the Panthers this week. Panthers are going to Chicago to play the Bears. Panthers are plus three. 
And reason for it, Justin Fields, that they're rolling him out, I heard. Tyson Bagent to start again. One touchdown, to th- or one of three um, record-wise. So in four games, one win, three losses, six interceptions in that span. Offense just looks disastrous when he's under center. Bears allow the fourth most sacks in the NFL. I think Brian Burns will be good to go for Carolina. Um, Frank Reich actually gave the play calling over last week. Bryce Young um, looked much more comfortable in that system when he played Houston. And uh, I'm going to trust them this week to uh, actually, I I like them in an upset money line against the Bears. But if you give me a field goal as well, I would recommend buying it up to three and a half if you can. But yeah. Carolina, I like over Chicago. Chicago wants that number one pick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm looking now. It says Frankfurt Stadium, so I guess they're back in Germany still. Okay. Okay. Back to Germany. Yeah. Well, they're For getting. Another, yeah, snooze fest this week. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, uh, yeah. Talk about the, the Dolphins and Chiefs to the Colts and Patriots, but let's go to number two. Number two, Kyler Murray's back this week. And, um, I am starting him in both fantasy leagues, so I'm hoping for a big game. But believe it or not, I'm going to take the Falcons minus one and a half against the Cardinals. And the reason for that, Cardinals, um, you know, Murray, besides not playing in over a year now, um, their defense is still still a mess. Defense allows the third most rushing yards in the NFL, and they're in the bottom 10 in opponents' yards per play. Atlanta likes to pound the ball. Um, I think they'll get B. John Robinson more involved this week. I like the move to Heineke over Ritter. I think they'll score more points that way and be able to get the passing game more involved. Falcons' defense is actually fifth in opponents' yards per play. So their defense is um, a little bit better than I anticipated. And, um, you know, Arizona, they're still figuring things out. Murray hasn't played all year. And um, I, I think Atlanta's going to find a way to pull off this upset to somehow. It seems like a good matchup for the Falcons. All righty, number three. Three. All right, I'm going to take the Lions this week, minus two and a half against the Chargers. Um, well, actually, the spread moved to three, so if you could buy it down to two and a half, do it. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll say they cover the three points anyway. Lions minus three against the Chargers, and we get Detroit coming off a bye, Chargers coming off a Monday night game. Chargers actually rank last at success rate, believe it or not, not the Steelers. It throws across the middle. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Defensive coach, and they have no idea what they're doing defensively. Um, They got after the pass for this past week, but that was just because of a a weak matchup against the Jets. Um, And right now, they just have no second receiver option for Keenan Allen. Um, We we know um, Mike Williams is done for the year. Joshua Palmer's been banged up. Quentin Johnston hasn't done much yet. Um, the rookie out of TCU has just been non-existent. And believe it believe it or not, the Lions have the best offensive line graded this season. Um, that Them in Philadelphia just, I feel like, easily the two best lines in the game right now. Lions are second in yards per game, and the Chargers' D allow the third most yards per game. Um, I see a lot of inconsistent play from the Chargers. They won two in a row. I don't like them to get a third win. They have the worst home field advantage in the league. And uh, Herbert didn't look good last week despite finding a way to win. I, I like Detroit to cover here. All right. Uh, number four. Four. I'm going to take Washington plus six against Seattle. 
Um, and I think like Sam Howell is better than people thought. Um, yeah. I never thought he would have gotten a starting gig here. And um, he's playing well with a defensive coach. Um, I think Eric Bianami's helped his game substantially. And um, I think he's a better quarterback right now than Geno Smith. Um, over the last three weeks, Washington is fourth in total yards, and Seattle's in the bottom 10 in yards and bottom five in points per game. Geno, in that four-game span, has had six interceptions. Kenneth Walker and DK Metcalf have been banged up for the past few weeks. Uh, and um, a strength here is uh, Washington's interior D-line. They traded away their edge rushers, but they still got Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne in the middle. And Seattle's interior line is a clear weakness for them up front. I, Seattle, I think, just more naturally talented and at home finds a way to win. But I like the better quarterback with the six points to find a way to keep it within the spread. Tua. Tua is the only player in the NFL with more passing yards than Sam Howell right now. Well, yeah. I mean, they're Washington's forced into throwing the ball. Um they have no run game and they trail a lot, but still, regardless of that, I mean, if you're thrown for more yards than you know Patrick Mahomes and uh, Josh Allen and all these other guys, I mean, you're doing something right. All right, so Sam Howe is right next. He's actually pretty pretty comparable to Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. When when we're talking about yards, Sam Howe's first. Um, but then we're looking at touchdowns. Sam Howell is 14 touchdowns to nine interceptions. Mahomes is 17 to eight, so obviously he's better, but that wasn't really a surprise. Josh Allen, 18 touchdowns to nine interceptions, and Jalen Hurts, 15 to eight. So we're looking yeah. at Sam Howell with 15 touchdowns, nine interceptions, and Jalen Hurts with 15 touchdowns and eight interceptions. So Sam Howell, or I said 14 touchdowns. So, uh, Sam and that's Howell. of a much worse offensive line and, uh, Decent group of receivers, but not quite the caliber of Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and A.J. Brown. Yeah, it's just something uh, It's interesting. Sam Howell uh, kind of uh, quietly. Too. Well, I think the enemy has to be a huge help, which yeah, kind yeah, of irritates me more that the Steelers wouldn't even. And and the thing that irritates me the most is that they wouldn't even que- like even question it. Like, should we bring the enemy in? No. We got our guy, yeah. and it's more important that we stick with our guy for 37 years than get somebody better. I heard better. some of these guys in Washington early in the uh, offseason were, like, crying and pouting, saying that, like, BNM was too hard on them. I feel like the, a guy like that, that attitude is a perfect fit for Pittsburgh yeah. and what, what Mike Tomlin likes to bring to the culture. I feel like he would fit the culture, plus he would actually bring offensive schemes into the game that makes sense. It's stupid not to take a call on them. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. I feel like I would have traded a pick for him, maybe too. I would been like, "Hey, here's a fourth rounder." With the way that the offense or the NFL is going anymore, who's to say in three years, Bianami's not a better head coach than Tomlin? Right, I, I agree a hundred percent. And if he's just willing to like switch teams, I mean, maybe to prove himself. I mean, I'd, I'd love to get him as a coordinator if, if they'd bring him on board. But um, yeah, if the way the offensive game's been. He really has potential, I feel like, as a head coach if um, he, if he finds the right team. I mean, he's making Sam Howell look pretty good. I mean, he could. I feel like he would be better than Brandon Staley. Yeah. I think I'd be better than Brandon Staley at this point. Do you want to get into <laughs> number five? Number five, last pick. I'm going to take the Jaguars this week, plus three 
I'd recommend going up to three and a half. Any like three or seven point spread, I'll always buy up the half if you can. Um, Jacksonville plus three against the 49ers. Um, Jacksonville's at home. Both teams coming off by. But the reason I like Jacksonville is San Francisco struggled recently. They're 0-3 in their last three games, scoring 17 points in each of those games. Um, Jacksonville, despite what everyone says about the Niners' defense, Jacksonville actually leads the NFL in takeaways. Travis Etienne has scored seven touchdowns over the last four games. And um, over the last three games, Jacksonville is third in opponents' yards allowed per play, and the 49ers are fourth to last. Um, Jacksonville is just on a hot streak right now. San Fran's scared about Purdy right now. I feel like they don't want to question his play, but they really are, and they may consider a quarterback switch at some point after the phenomenal start he had. I don't know if they'll be able to go toe-to-toe with uh, Trevor Lawrence and some of these guys. Um, They're going to have to put pressure on Jacksonville, but I feel like Trevor finds a way to, to, to pull this one out at home. All right. JP, thank you as always for your picks. Anything you'd like to wrap up on before what, week 10? Week 10, yeah, I, I can't believe it. Um, how about just one thing? Giants this week starting Tommy DeVito against <laughs> Dallas at Dallas. 16 and a half point spread. If there's a team that I can see choking, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Plus 900 money line. Oh, I feel like I might jump on that. <laughs> <laughs> what if they do? Here's five bucks because I have no faith that Dallas will pull it out. That's the like Raiders are plus three seventy money line against Miami. I mean, the, the new head coach. Maybe they just run with it and see. Let's let's wrap up on that. What are your thoughts on Antonio Pierce? Um, uh, from what I've heard, players like him. I hear he's like a little intense, but I, I like that in a head coach. Um, I don't really know a whole lot about his coaching history. I know he was a uh, pretty solid ball player for the Giants won a Super Bowl or two. And uh, funny story, I heard they had a, a meeting about Josh McDaniels and they let him go, and like everyone was like batting or um, like bad mouthing him. And uh, I heard like he got mad because Antonio Pierce mentioned something about like the Patriots team that was undefeated and lost. <laughs> uh, I think I, I think he did and Josh McDaniels told him to never speak like rudely of the Patriots again or something <laughs> so like that that's funny to me so uh, I, I guess a guy like that I, I have to root for it's so dumb it, I can't imagine I, Josh McDaniels seems like such a dick he's an idiot like he's such a horrible head coach <laughs> yeah he seems like this just let him call his plays or what and is looking at it like how everyone was like in, in Brady and Belichick, is it Brady or McDaniel? Because Josh McDaniels was there, and people acted like he was incredible, went to Denver, right, uh, didn't do a goddamn thing, went back to New England, and then went to Oakland thinking, or Vegas thinking, oh, I'll go there, play with my former Patriots quarterback, and it turns out they both suck. So, <laughs> Yeah, maybe Brady overcame a lot more dysfunction than we thought. Um, Belichick's not winning without him. McDaniels has always been horrible in the NFL, and other guys like, Matt Patricia didn't pan out. Uh, Charlie Weiss didn't pan out. Bill O'Brien had moments, but um, the whole coaching tree is a mess. But it could be like, because, I mean, we've seen Brady make Kevin Falk or uh, Troy Brand or Troy Brown or Dion Branch into these Super Bowl winning players. 
why wouldn't he overcome coaches or, you know, front office personnel? I guess it makes sense that we could say, oh, he's he's taking over the field, but I guess why wouldn't he overcome other obstacles if he's really the GOAT? Right, that too. And, like, he would audible, you know, him, Peyton Manning, all these guys at line of scrimmage. That's why we need just a simple audible system here. As a matter of fact, when Pickett audible to Pickens a couple weeks ago, we won on it. It's so, that, that's the one thing with Canada. Give some more freedom for the guys who are actually at the line of scrimmage. It's so, and if people can call out like, "Oh, Pickett called an audible on that play, and then went for a touchdown," couldn't they be like, "Pickett called an audible for that play, and it got picked"? Like you could see that as well, right? And if a team is like, if you call a play to beat, you know, a, a cover three, but they disguise it as a cover one and Pickett knows that's happening. Yeah, right. Why not give him the option to do that? It's idiotic. Or even if it's just like, okay, if it's a cover two, then this is the standard one or two plays or like have a couple for each thing. Uh, and also they're pros. Figure it out. You're a first round pick. Figure it out. And if you can't, you shouldn't be there. Uh, other teams can figure it out. They're professionals. You get paid millions of dollars. You can figure <laughs> out three hand signs to figure out something. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. And exactly what you said. Like, you come on the field, it, say you have this end around, and then all of a sudden you see they're overloading the left side for this jailbreak blitz, and it's going right there. What, you're just going to rely on uh, on uh, James Daniels or, you know, <laughs> whoever the hell they have there? <laughs> it's the first name that came into my head. Is he even on the team anymore? Yeah, he, he's still there. Uh <laughs> I, I give credit to him. He's actually from Warren, Ohio, where I lived for a year. So I give him credit. <laughs> from Howland Springs. <laughs> Sweet. I, I put all the blame on Mason Cole up the middle and Chooks Okafor off the edge. James <laughs> yeah. Daniels gets no hate. <laughs> well, there we have it. We, <laughs> you can blame the Steelers' offense on everything, but the great JD from Warren, Ohio. <laughs> So, so he good. He, even Chicago couldn't afford him. You know? <laughs> they couldn't afford him, man. Uh, <laughs> but JP, thank you uh, as always. Anything you'd like to end on? Um, well, let's hope for a good game. And uh, th- th- there will be no pressures from the right guard. J- JD, um, I'm going to call it now. He-, he allows zero pressures this week. You heard it here first, everybody. Too bold, bad you can't take. part that. You, you, you can get player prop bets on everybody but O-Lyman. If if I could bet it, I'd say JD no no pressures this week. <laughs> That's something. Uh, uh, it seems very like uh, up in the air, kind of uh, subjective, I guess, whether or not there's a pressure or not. Like, how do you tell there's a pressure? You you test the quarterback's heart rate. Like, how do you <laughs> know for sure? Right. I, I never got that either. When they say like he was pressured on fifty percent of his throws, it's like I feel like he was comfortable on eighty percent of them. I mean, technically, you're pressured on every single throw because people are running at you. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. What what's the pressure? Um, but I won't digress too far. JP, it's always a pleasure to speak with you about all things football. Tune in to the regular poor man's podcast. I actually took a week off. Uh, to go to a wedding. JP, I went to a wedding in Philadelphia, and they it was probably the most expensive wedding I've ever seen, at least in person. Uh, they had, like, lobsters on their appetizer buffet. So <laughs> that, wow. that paints a picture of that. But, uh, yeah, you big. Oh, yeah. I got lucky that I kind of knew somebody that was related to them. So 
Um, <laughs> it was all worth it, but a great time in the city of brotherly love. I actually put uh, 10 bucks on the Eagles, and they won, so I flipped that into 40 bucks in Philadelphia. But there we go. JP, thank you so much. And for the wonderful, intelligent, knowledgeable sports guy, JP, I am Chris. Thank you for listening. I'm going to say I'm so happy yeah. that I was allowed to be part of your day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. In my opinion, that sucked. You play to win the game. You like that? You like that? But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Straight cash, homie.